at the moment I'm preparing for teaching a retreat together with Ayananda Bodhi and uh, Ayatamadipa New Year's retreat, <coughs> which is going to start on the 29th. And I think maybe a few of you will be on that retreat. And it's going to be about the four immeasurables and the boundless heart mind. And while I, you know, I'm doing those preparations, I was also listening to a series of talks on on Mary Magdalene by a contemporary Christian mystic, and she's called Cynthia Bourgeau. She lives on the East Coast. And uh, while I was, you know, doing those preparations and listening to her, as well as interviews, actually, eight interviews on Mary Magdalene, I really noticed uh, the similarities uh, which is in the Krishna tradition is called agape, which is the word for unconditional love. And in, the, in our tradition it's called metta. And the way how she was speaking about agape reminded me in many, many different ways about, you know, how we speak about metta and how met, true metta comes about. And I wanted you know, to kind of share with you a few of the, things which I learned. And in this series, she speaks about, Cynthia Bourgeau speaks about uh, the transformational relationship between Jesus and Mary Magdalene, you know, which there's many different uh, opinions on what happened at, at that time. And, uh, and she has studied a lot, uh, like, the scriptures and also material which for a long time hasn't been available and is available now. And she, she says, you know, that agape, which is unconditioned love, is eros, which is passionate love. Agape is eros raised to the power of gnosis and gnosis is uh, inside or awareness. And I think we could do just the same equation with metta, saying, you know, metta is, is desire or tanha raised to the power of awareness or satipanya, mindfulness and, and wisdom. And uh, so they are both a, a product of uh, alchemical transformation of... Uh, which you know, happens either in one life or over many lifetimes, where we really you know, face up to the fire of uh, how it feels, you know, desire, desire of wanting or not wanting something, and then really you know, standing in that fire and being cooked in it. And if we really have that uh, capacity you know, to do that, then... We don't lose the juice, we don't dry up, but it's like, it's a cooking, you know, whether the juiciness is conserved. And, uh, you know, through opening to that experience and through going, going through it, going forward, you know, going, not stopping, not turning away, not turning back. And, uh, and so she, this Cynthia Bourgeau described that Mary Magdalene's relationship with Jesus has been like that. 
and uh, this transformative power of of true meeting you know one's experience and in the scriptures that's called uh, in the christian scriptures is called perfect meekness it's probably not a very popular word these days <laughs> you know we would call it maybe patience or humility you know to really be where you are and uh, and bearing with that burning and uh, in terms you know, of the buddhist uh, scriptures that's what tanha is all about that thirst or craving or desire for something which we don't have or something which we don't want the not wanting you know the not uh, the contraction against something and in the buddhist uh, teaching there we speak about three versions of this tanha which can also be uh, translated as thirst that's the literal translation of the word tanha kama tanha sensual craving or sensual desire bhava tanha craving for existence or craving for a certain way of being and vipava tanha craving for a certain way of not being and uh, for example you know in the german language the word the word for desire or for passion is is leidenschaft and if i uh, literally translated it means suffering creating leiden is suffering and and shaft is is schaffen to create something to make something happen so the it's a very literal translation of of what's happening you know that this wanting or not wanting something creates suffering leidenschaft and and passionate you know in terms of an um, adjective is like leidenschaftlich so to have a, a relationship to something which creates leiden which means suffering and uh, you know if you really have the capacity to really be with it then that uh, that suffering is is very transformative and you know if we can really face it and really experience it very deeply tasting it so to say you know then uh, a letting go will happen as a as a natural response but if we keep it at arm's length or if we you know distract ourselves in many different manners we can do that then it never really comes to the natural fruit of the full experiencing it which would be you know letting go and that um, you know that willingness to bear with the turmoil the inner emotional and energetic chaos and turmoil that's you know which would this is the cooking this is the fire which takes care of the letting go but it has to be really experienced and you know we as like homo sapiens we have the capacity that it's even you know in our name basically 
because sapiens comes from the word sapere, which means to taste, which means, you know, to really personally experience like the same, you know, when you would like to know how honey tastes, for example, even, you know, you read a whole, uh, big book about it you don't know afterwards really but if you take a spoon you know and the same you know with that uh, alchemical process of of transforming thirst or wanting into into like a much wider way of experiencing which is unconditional that only can come through that tasting it and uh, and being making oneself available for all of the repercussions which that has you know in the body and in the mind and that requires a lot of um, courage I think and uh, you know, hearing about those who have gone before us, who have had that courage and then, you know, came out at the other end of the process with, you know, uh, a lot of capacity to, to um, embrace the way things are and then being able also to, you know, communicate about that process so that, you know, we might... Uh, develop the faith in our own capacity that we can also do that because they were just uh, human beings like us. And, uh, you know, there's even a, the tantric tradition, which is like part of, of Tibetan Buddhism, but also of, I think, you know, some other traditions also have tantric um, practices. They intentionally, you know, use that energy of desire for, transforming uh, the practitioner into, you know, increasing uh, ways of, you know, seeing things in a bigger context. And, uh, you know, where one uses uh, uh, another person or another, you know, situation or, or something, you know, where one feels really inflamed about that, you know, really wanting to have it. And then using that as a basis for practice intentionally through like a, you know, strong discipline. You know, the paradox of, of uh, you know, creating freedom through submitting to a discipline. Because it looks like on the first thought, you know, it looks like how can that work, you know, to really put yourself into a, tight container how can that produce a freedom and it's it's more like it's when you taking you know take a kind of protective clothing for example so that you can enter a space you know which you could not enter without that or you know climbing a mountain where you have certain kind of ropes and harnesses and all kinds of equipment you know so you can dare to go to into a situation you normally can't um, you know, can't stay balanced. And that's what this kind of discipline, you know, can provide to, to people who are mature enough to really uh, use that. And uh, 
So you're through going right through a certain challenge in terms of a of a beloved person, maybe, or a beloved, you know, situation or whatever it ca could be, you know, which kind of really kicks up a lot of desire, a lot of wanting, and using that, you know, this igniting, you know, which is 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 kicked up, you know, through through the presence of. Of, of someone or, or also it could be a situation or something one really wants in terms of a, you know a, a state of being and using that inspiration and that that desire for it you know using it as a as a gateway for for you know going through that strong experience and 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 being transformed by it and uh, you know in the christian sense that would be you know going right through it to the cosmos or to god and in in a buddhist tradition we'd call it like you know arriving at full awakening or a non-separation through bearing with that strong experience and it can be you know can be a dangerous practice the tantric practices are considered dangerous practices because uh, you know if we are not mature enough they can completely you know blow us apart and then you know because the energies are so powerful and we you know we think we can handle it and then actually we can't and then it's too late so that's why you know the the tantric path is is considered like a dangerous path, and one really needs to be ripe for it, and you know needs to have a good teacher to really be able to to stick it up, stick it through. And uh, you know only the one who is able to suffer can go through that doorway and uh, you know the word apathy actually means uh, a refusal to suffer so the result you know of the refusal to suffer leads to apathy you know which is like a form of depression I'd say and it comes from the Greek word pat which means to suffer and the a in front of it is the negation of it you know so that that you know capacity to suffer is incredibly important on the path and you know it's maybe not the best thing to say you know in the beginning of the practice because then people mightn't be so interested in it but you know even um you know, in the, in the Buddhist teaching, when the Buddha speaks about the the Paticca Samuppada, the dependent origination, there is like uh, the reverse dependent origination can, you know, if we start with suffering and, you know, using that as a, as an, as a wake-up call, really, for practice. 
and uh, you know trying to to use this our innate uh, drive you know for for expansion and using that as a as a you know as a jumping board into the process of transformation and there's this beautiful quote of of Natan who says we are here to awaken from the illusion of our separateness we are here to awaken from the illusion of our separateness and you know to wake up from an illusion is usually more or less you know painful because uh you know it it requires uh a, a giving up of of perceived limitations which we have you know received through our conditioning and then you know growing through that is is more or less painful and uh you know if if we are pathetic if there's a refusal to suffer then we just get stuck there you know get blocked implode or explode but there is no true kind of uh, growth and that can only come from that you know being willing to um you know, to submit to a, a discipline. And, and you know, working with the four Brahma Viharas, that is, is such a discipline and which is directly um, working with uh, widening our circle of, of concern. You know, and, and desiring, you know, to be with a beloved person is can be a starting point for that because that's like an experience, you know, where we do feel like a sense of uh, interest in, in someone else, but it's, it's, it's very tainted, you know, by, by our personal agenda and by our personal, you know, wanting to possess and then, you know, using that as a, as a starting point and allowing that to to transform us. And then, you know, in the practice, like really taking an interest about, you know, how, how the mind and how the body feels if we really want something very much. It's not very pleasant, really. And then, you know, if we are having a, an experience of an expanded mind in the in the in the Brahma Vihara practice, you know, to just really reflect on how that how different that feels. And you know, and, and being with that uh, contraction, for example, of really wanting something can be very difficult. I need to start, there is just no other way to really see the tightness and the narrowness of such a mind state. And at the same time, you know, trusting that uh, 
we have, you know, what it takes to, to go through it and trusting, you know, that the law of uh, Dhamma is going to take care of that process. We don't have to do anything more than being really aware and mindful of it. And, you know, once we really ex have experienced that clearly, then it's like, you know, touching a hot coal. The hand, you know, automatically lets go of it. It does not hold on because it has, you know, it has experienced the, the burning. And the same, you know, we need to do in the meditation as well, that the burning of the heart, the burning of the mind, and really experience the drawbacks of that. And, uh, you know, agape or metta, so they are both, uh, it's unconditional love. And, and what that does, you know, it opens the heart. And, it, you know, if there's fear of experience, that won't happen. So the, the most important thing is to, you know, to really um, attend, you know, to our own relationship to, to that suffering. And if there is fear, to also embrace that fear. Because it's normal, you know, if there's a very strong emotion to be afraid of it. Especially, you know, in the beginning of the practice, it's it's... Because there's that fear, you know, it's never going to end and it's going to, I'm going to lose something if I, if I don't act on this. But the only thing, you know, which we, which we lose by is, is our, is the narrowness of our, of our love and the narrowness of our lives. And, you know, I must say, I can really uh, remember, you know, from my own practice, for example, in the my first teacher was Ajahn Buddha Dasa, and he was, you know, he was like 50 years older than me or 55. So it was a safe relationship, you know, to my to a grandfather. I didn't feel too, too frightened, you know, on, on, in, in, on a certain level and then the next my next teacher was Ajahn Sumedho who was about 25 years older than me like to a father relationship to a father that also was okay but then you know I, I got a teacher a Tibetan teacher who was younger than myself just like a few years so I could not relate to him as a grandfather or as a father but he was more like a you know like a yeah a man I could have had a relationship with. So that was very scary for me, you know, to have a, a powerful teacher who was neither a father figure nor a grandfather figure. It brought up a lot of uh, fear of my own, you know, yearning for relationships. Uh, 
and uh, it was for me very very challenging for many years you know to uh, allow that those sensations coming up in me you know and not turning away from it not shutting down and and dealing with the fear of of those emotions because uh, that was very scary for me and uh, but I have survived it because I've, I'm here as you can see and it has been extremely you know good for me because I think it forced me you know to face certain things in myself which I would have never voluntarily uh, done you know so I'm I'm very uh, grateful that that happened because it was a very narrow um, pathway to, to get through because it was very overwhelming a lot of the time in the beginning you know? and then over the years it started to to just um, you know started to get used to it and and I lost mm -hmm. the fear of it and then <laughs> you know through losing the fear of it uh, the attachment was you know started to kind of um, get less and less the letting go just started to happen and then what maybe 10 years earlier you know almost uh, you know was overwhelming where I just felt oh god I'm gonna faint if I go into that room and then like some years later it was no problem but to go through that very strong process is uh, is the price you know to pay for that. Yep. I think you know that's what I wanted to to share. And I brought also the book again with those um, poems which are inspired by the Terry Guitar, the poems of the early Buddhist nuns. And there is at the end of the book is a poem by Sumeda and it's a very long poem so I'm just gonna use the last few lines and she says the path will go on rising and falling like a song and in the end you will find yourself as one lost at sea finds herself finally washed ashore Listen, can you hear that? The sound of the wind in the leaves, like a wave coming on. Go on, shake up the world, set yourself free. Go on, shake up the world, set yourself free. You know, that's what it takes, I think, you know, to set yourself free. You have to allow your whole world to be shaken up many many times yeah and that also reminds me actually because i've told it already once but i tell it again when i was about like 13 years old i almost drowned in the atlantic ocean um 
in on the Canary Islands. And, uh, you know, there was some kind of a freak wave or something which took me and my brother far out in the, into the sea. And uh, we couldn't get in. There was like a very, there was like a belt of very high waves and we kind of couldn't get over it. And then, you know, at one point I must have either lost consciousness or I don't know what happened. But I just thought that's the end, you know, and I just gave up, I think. And then suddenly I, I knocked my knees and then I noticed that the water was only that deep. So one of those waves must have washed me on the shore, just like as in this poem, actually. Yeah, and I didn't do it. It just happened because I stopped doing. And yeah, and then I, I walked up, you know, finding my parents and my brother like about a mile or so. I had been, you know, drifting down, it looks like, and they were very happy, you know, when I came back. <laughs> and I got a T-shirt. Me and my brother, we both got a tie-tie T-shirt as reward. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think I don't have a long talk today. But I thought, you know, that's like a good talk for Christmas to speak about the similarities between our tradition mm. and the uh, Christian tradition. And, uh, you know, how central that uh, capacity, humility and acceptance of suffering is, you know, for all authentic traditions. Because that, you know, that um, widening and opening of the heart doesn't come through niceties, you know. It comes through the really raw experience of the human condition. And, you know, and all of the paraphernalia which each of the practices, you know, offers or the, the religions, let's say, you know, is a different skillful means to be able to stand it. And, you know, the Christmas tree and the Buddha statue and everything else, you know, it's all there to help us to have a sense of inspiration and a sense of uplift in the sense of, of confidence and the sense of, you know, that there's a whole, uh, a whole line of ancestors which have walked this path before us and they have, they've done it, you know, or not done it, rather. They have allowed it to happen. They did get out of the way and we can do it too. But it's not a pretty kind of a situation a lot of the time. And to have that, you know, trust that this is the way. Because, you know, Mary Magdalene, until today, you know, she is despised, I think, in the Catholic Church. And, you know, painted as a prostitute and whatever she, they say she has been. Because it was very challenging for the, you know, for the establishment 
to um, you know have a woman being so close to this uh, powerful teacher and she's called you know the apostle of apostles because they say you know she was the closest in her realization to, to Jesus she was the closest who has understood what his message was because she had that you know heart connection with him and then it got all written down in in a very different way and you know in the in buddhism we are kind of more lucky i think you know we didn't have that uh, depiction but also the nuns you know have been uh, having a hard time also because you know the feminine is generally uh, looked at uh, an emotional kind of a creature you know which which can't really be trusted because of that that's what you know you can find in the buddhist scriptures as well and uh, in reality you know it, it's exactly that that capacity to <clears throat> allow emotions to be what they are and and not shutting down is a very central and, and, and modern psychology is also very clear about that so there is it's increasingly more understood how important that is so i think i'm gonna end here and maybe just you know repeat those lines of the poem one more time the path will go on rising and falling like a song and in the end you will find yourself as one lost at sea finds herself finally washed ashore listen can you hear that the sound of the wind in the leaves, like a wave coming on. Go on, shake up the world, set yourself free.